Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. This thing has dumpster fire written all over it. Now their fat little girlfriends have some obvious advantages. Bro, what are you talking about, man? Thanks for the hot take, Ooh. Andrew. You should have your own show. Welcome the South of Sanity Podcast. I am your host, as always, Andrew Zimmel. We have a jam-packed show for you today. Talk to baseball writer Kyle Glazer, national writer for Baseball America, and a member of the Baseball Writers Association of America. When I tell you that Kyle's the guy that you go to to figure out who the movers and shakers are going on in baseball, he is our guy. Look, it's Wednesday when you're listening to this podcast. We record this on Tuesday afternoon. So we kind of covered big-picture stuff expect a lot from this we talk about the red sox riding the ship we talk about the yankees are they the favorite to come out of the al we talk about the rays well how do we see them going we break down the american league central and he throws out a team to win the american league central that i don't know if you're expecting if you're just a casual baseball fan okay you might not see this one coming so it's a really good one there and then of course we break down the american league west and how good the astros are and if they can be great, can they go win another world championship? Moving on to the NL, of course, we got to talk about the Braves, and we break down all of the issues that a lot of these teams going in the playoffs in September are going to face. What do they need to do? So Kyle breaks that down for us. We talk about the Amer- or the National League Central. We say, hey, is this the best division in baseball? You're going to have to listen. And then, of course, the National League the San Francisco Giants are selling everybody, according to Kyle. It seems like this is going to be the team that is going to be sending the most players away this trade deadline. Who should we expect to see go? So all that and a little bit more. And then, of course, at the end, I'm going to break down everything else for you. So without further ado, Kyle Glazer. And on the phone line right now, we have Kyle Glazer, national writer for Baseball America and a member of the Baseball Writers Association of America. Kyle, how you doing, man? Doing all right. Thanks for having me. So we're only a little bit into the baseball season, so I don't want to make you know a mountain out of a molehill, but there's been a bunch of things going on. The first one is Dallas Keuchel's in the news again. He's still not on a team. And before we jump into all the other teams, I kind of want to talk about Dallas before we go into anything. Former Cy Young a winner, why is he not on a team yet? Because he has declined a little bit. Uh, you can just pull up his baseball reference numbers and – See how the last few years have trended for him, and uh, the rumors of the contract he was expecting were out of line for the performance he's given. Um, again, very good pitcher, can absolutely help a lot of teams, but some of the numbers that have been floated out there were, you know, six years, $120 million, and um, as much as, again, he's accomplished, he's in his 30s, his performance has declined, and, you know, we've seen recently teams be very, very reluctant to spend big money on pitchers. Um, you know, Jake Arrieta a few years ago got three years and $75 million, and Keuchel's a lesser pitcher now than Arietta was when he signed that deal. So I think some of it is a combination of what he was asking versus his actual performance level and then also just the fact there's draft pick compensation attached to him as well. 
uh, kind of complicates things further. Now, I thought immediately when he kind of hit, it's not the open market clearly, but when he hit the market, I thought for sure that some of these big-name teams were going to go after him, the Yankees being the number one. They're dealing with some pitching issues right now without Severino, and I mean their ace, who is it, CeCe, I guess, at this point for the Yankees. I thought for sure they would be the first team to jump on this. Again, and, and I think there's no question you can make it line up and say, hey, he'd be a good fit here. He'd help this team. You look at the Brewers are a team who needed uh, some starting pitching help as a veteran as well. Um, but again, it, like anything else in life, right, it depends on the price. If the Yankees you know, could have gotten him at, a, at an affordable deal, sure, it would have made sense. But you look at they signed Gio Gonzalez. They got him on a minor league deal that would have guaranteed him $3 million if he made the major leagues. Look at what Gio Gonzalez has done over the last three years. It matches up pretty well with Dallas Keuchel. So why would you sign Dallas Keuchel for, you know, $15, $20 million a year when you can get Gio Gonzalez on a minor league deal? The Yankees ultimately played that smart. And whether they should have let Gio go or, or is another matter. But uh, just in terms of what they signed for, again, it's just it's got to be the right price. And Keuchel has not found a price that works for him that also makes sense for teams. I love it. All right. To make this easy, I was just I, we're going down division by division by division. Sound good to you, Kyle? Works for me. All right, let's talk about the AL East. So the Red Sox start off the season. I love to see it. I hate I hate to see teams that win the World Series come back and look like they're going to win back to back. They come out, they give us a little bit of drama. Again, not making a mountain out of a molehill. They've come back to the pack a little bit. Was it just you know early season hangovers, or what would you see from the Red Sox from the beginning of the season to now? Just a slow start. Again, these players are too talented to perform at the level they've been performing. You know, Chris Sale is not going to have one of the five worst ERAs in baseball at the end of the year. Jackie Bradley Jr. is not going to be hitting, you know, a buck something. Um, you know, Rick Porcello, all these other guys who have struggled. It's not going to be this bad the rest of the year. I think the Red Sox, we've already seen them be better recently. Just a bad start. It happens for whatever reason. Uh, a couple people surmised it had to do with their pitchers not being ramped up properly out of spring training. You know, whatever it is, um, th- there's too much talent on this team for them to not figure it out and eventually dig themselves out of this hole. I-, I do expect that by the time we look at the standings in September, they'll be at the very least in the thick of the playoff race, if not securely in the playoffs. So do you still have them winning the division? I actually have the Yankees winning the division uh, before the season started, and I'm sticking with that. Um, but I think the Red Sox, again, I, I expect them to be a lot closer to 90 wins than 80 wins by the time the year is out. Whether that's enough for them to get into a wild card, we'll have to see how the rest of the league shakes out. But I think they'll be in the conversation for sure. So let's talk about my aforementioned Yankees. I thought that this was the year that everything was going to come together. Clearly, baseball is a fickle mistress. They deal with a lot of injuries early. Severino, do we expect him to come back by June or July, or do we see us like sooner? Uh, well, the word is uh, most recently, if I remember correctly, that it wouldn't be until after the All Star break. So that would put him in July. Um, again, you know, injuries are, are part of baseball. The Yankees obviously got hit with a lot of them very, very quickly. But despite it all, they stayed above water, and that's the kicker here, right? This is a team that's already, you know, put itself in a, in a nice position to contend from beginning to end of the season, uh, playing with the JV team. Now, once all these guys start to come back progressively, I think you're going to see the Yankees really, really take off. Uh, this was, you know, it's never great to lose all your stars, but if you're going to do it, um, the Yankees are kind of in the best-case scenario you can be in the sense that they, they're going to emerge from the stretch with a winning record and 
not far off the pace in the division, and they're gonna, they're about to get a lot stronger here in the coming weeks. So I already can see the hot take machines kind of building on Twitter and social media. The Aaron Judge now is dealing, he's got injured this year, got injured last year. Should we start be worrying about his health? Can we preemptively like talk like, hey, no, Aaron Judge is a freak athlete. He's fine. It's sports. Guys are going to get hurt. Um, that's just <laughs> the nature of it. I, I think it's kind of funny to me. You know, again, if, if you're talking about like, something where it's chronic, like, you know, there's this one issue with his back or his knee that constantly keeps coming up, then it starts to get concerning. And obviously it's never fun when you have a standout player who just can't seem to stay on the field. Uh, we saw that years ago Grady Sizemore is a great example of that I mean that does happen but he's young he's in good physical shape a lot of this has just been things happen it's sports I really don't think there's any reason to freak out yet and I think if people are freaking out it's because they're bored and have nothing else to talk about I love it all right Vlad Vlad Guerrero Jr you talk about a lot of prospects you cover a lot of good young players is he the best prospect that baseball's had in 5, 10, 15 years? Or, again, is it just kind of the hype machine? Well, we had Ronald Acuna ranked ahead of him last year as the top prospect in baseball, and, and we stay with that. So um, he's a great, great player. There's a lot of potential there. But uh, we at Baseball America believe Ronald Acuna was the better prospect when the both of them were, were prospects together in the minor leagues. And um, I, I think we'll stay with that. We also had Shohei Otani ranked ahead of him. I mean, not a knock on Vlad. It's a testament to how much great young talent there is in the major leagues today. And, um, you know, is, is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. a better prospect than Chris Bryant was? Uh, probably not. I mean, maybe you could argue it's equivalent, but, um, you know, again, he's a tremendous talent, but he's not a talent that's, you know, unlike anything we've seen in years. There's a lot of really good young players in the major leagues right now, and they were prospects not too long ago, and they were heralded, and they've lived up to it. Last thing for the American League East, the Tampa Bay Rays came out of the gate really early. Now, we see teams do this pretty much every year. Team gets hot early, and then they kind of pitter off. Should we expect the Rays to get a wild card spot too? Do we think three teams come out of the AL East, or do we think they come back down to earth? I think they'll come back down to earth uh, to a degree, but the American League is pretty weak this year. So they can come back to earth and still get one of the wild card spots. Um, you know, I would argue that probably 10 to 11 of the 15 most talented teams in baseball reside in the National League this year. So even if the Rays tail off, as I do think they will to some degree, um, their offense has, has some guys who, you know, I do, it, there are some holes in that lineup and they have some depth, but I don't know if over the course of 162 games they're going to be a juggernaut. Um, I really like the, the pitching staff they've got in terms of their top three guys. Um, you know, they've, they've done some creative things with their bullpen uses to survive. I, I do think it's a good staff. I don't know if it's a – I guess I would say I don't think this is really a 100-win team, but they don't have to be to make the playoffs. Uh, this is, again, um, a great start. There is talent there, and especially in a weak American league, if they do what they should, you know, 90-91 wins, and probably the, the first wild-card spot is definitely within their grasp. All right, shifting gears to the American League Central and piggybacking off what you were saying about weak American League, the American League Central has been getting clowned for the last like three or four years now, being called the weak, the weakest division, the worst division in baseball. The Twins are leading right now. Should we expect them to fall off too? Because, I mean, the Indians, I think, were everybody's favorite to come out of the American League Central at the beginning of the season. How soon are the Twins going to be 15 games out? 
Uh, not soon at all. I think the Twins are for real. The Indians really? got way worse. Oh, the Indians got way worse in the offseason. They have one of the worst outfields in baseball. Uh, their bullpen is, is a question mark. Now we see some of their pitchers start to go down with Bauer and Clevenger. I'm sorry, uh, Kluber and Clevenger now on the DL. Um, no, the Twins are for real. This was a team that was a playoff contender going into the year, um, especially when you take into account they were going to get to beat up on the White Sox, Royals, and Tigers for most of the season. And now that the Indians are, are starting to fall off a little bit, the Twins are for real. I, I do think this is a playoff team and absolutely a contender for the American League Central. You gave me chills. I love to hear that. So now, see, because the American League Central to me has been kind of the joke. You mentioned the uh, White Sox, Royals, and Tigers. So you think the Twins have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs? Do we see them winning a playoff series? You know, if they're the central winners, they're probably going to end up matching up with the West winner or the East winner. That'd be the Astros or potentially the Yankees. And it's hard for me to sit here and say with any confidence that I would pick them over either of those two teams. Uh, And then whichever of the Astros and Yankees uh, finishes with the best record, we get the wild card team, obviously. So, um, even if you know the the Twins make it as a wild card, they'd have to potentially beat the Rays in a one game playoff, which they could do. But then again, you're still dealing with one of the Astros and Yankees in the first round. I don't know if I would put them into that caliber yet, but they are a good team. All right, so second tier, that's fine. Going on to the AL West, the Mariners. I have a bunch of Mariners followers now on Twitter that keep telling me the Mariners are the real deal. So I figured I'd bring you on the podcast and kind of quell that. Are, are the Mariners going to win the American League West? No. Uh, just no. I, I will say this, you know, they went through a, a rebuild this offseason, traded a lot of key players, and you look at them, there's still talent on this team. This wasn't a team that, you know, stripped it down and anyone who was any good was gone. Mitch Hanniger is a good player. Um, you know, Ryan Healy and Kyle Seager struggled last year. They're better than what they showed. They still have D. Gordon. Like, there are still players on this team that were, you know, useful, decent big leaguers. This was never a team that was going to go, you know, 68-94. Um, but the pitching staff is, is very, very short. Um, the offense is, has some good players. It is not an offense that is consistently going to you know, run out and throw, uh, you know, give you a chance to win every night. There's a lot of hot and cold in there. So, uh, again, this was a team that we picked at BA to finish fourth in the AL West with the you know, caveat, hey, you know, if the Angels pitchers all get hurt again, which has happened, maybe they have a chance at third. You know, can they win 80 games and, and, and play respectable baseball over the course of the season? Yeah, but uh, no, the Astros are far and away the superior team, and we'll see once the Angels get Shohei Otani back and Justin Upton back and Andrew Heaney back in the rotation. Uh, there's also more talent in Anaheim than there is in Seattle, but again, the pitcher injuries are going to kind of you know, th- th- make, uh, make or break the Angels' season and whether or not they actually finish ahead of the Mariners. You actually segue right into what I want to talk about is the Angels. So for my entire life watching baseball, the Angels have never been as good as they should be. Okay, So they got Mike Trout. I remember when Albert Pujols held up his jersey and C.J. Wilson went over there too, and I thought, okay, the Angels are going to be the juggernaut of baseball for the next five years, and it just didn't happen. And now Mike Trout's the best player in baseball, and we don't ever get to see him in October. What can you explain to me why the Angels aren't better than they are? Terrible free agent signings and taking a stars and scrubs approach where they neglected the farm system. You can have the best four or five hitters at the top of your lineup if you that in baseball if you want. If you're giving away four outs through the lineup every time through, as the Angels have been for the better part of the last four or five years, you're not going to be successful. Um, 
you know, the good news is, you know, the new regime, Billy Appler and company have, have placed an added emphasis on, okay, we need to home grow some talent as opposed to throwing away money at past their prime players every year. Um, you know, for a long time, you know, that you mentioned the Angels in your lifetime not being competitive. In the decade of the 2000s, they were one of the best franchises in baseball. 2002, 2009, they won a World Series, made three ALCSs, won five division titles. And at the end of that run in 09, they had Mike Trout, Garrett Richards, Tyler Skaggs, Patrick Corbin all in their farm system. Um, they kind of blew it by uh, making some short-sighted trades and some terrible free agent signings. So um, the good news is they at least have the right mindset in place from the management perspective of, all right, we need to home grow some guys. Um, I think they will be better because you're starting to see the first wave of the homegrown pitching come up. Uh, look, anytime you're going into a season counting on Tyler Skaggs, Andrew Heaney, Matt Shoemaker, and Garrett Richards to stay healthy, you're, you're asking for pain. And we saw that. They, they let Richards and Shoemaker go this offseason. Um, Heaney and Skaggs are, are still the guys you like, but they're no longer the guys they're going to rely on. They, they have Griffin Cannon. They have Jose Suarez. They have Patrick Sandoval. Sergio Otani is coming up. Jaime Berea pitched well last year. Felix Pena has been a nice waiver fine. So th- there's more arms, and I think we will see the Angels start to get better and get more competitive here in the next couple of years um, and back to the postseason. Does it take 10 years about to rebuild your franchise like that? Would you say like a decade? Oh, no. No? Okay. No, no. We've seen, I mean, we've seen complete and full teardowns. I actually did a whole big article on this for Baseball America last year. Um, a true tear it down to the studs rebuild takes about four to five years. Normally it's that fifth year uh, after you, you broke it all apart. You start to see, you know, some, some trends upward. Um, that's a worst case scenario. And the angels have never really torn it all asunder. They just have tried some, some short-term solutions without ever addressing their long-term deficiencies. And that just kind of perpetuated the cycle of 77 wins, 79 wins, 80 wins. I think now they've they've addressed what some of those long-term deficiencies were. They've taken steps to improve it through better drafting, uh, less bad for agent signings, um, being more active in the international market, um, just kind of building a better foundation. And, and I think we will see them. You know, they really started doing these things, um, say, 2017-ish, when they really started to, to invest in these, uh, these areas, 2016, 2017. And I think we'll see the payoff 2020, 2021 or so. Okay, and then the Astros are still the favorite to come out of the AL West. So they, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they've got the best pitching staff. They've got the best hitters. It seems that they've just gone through between Springer, Correa, Altuve, and now Bregman. It seems like every year you add another guy that could win the MVP to this team. Well, Michael Brantley was one of the best free agents coming into the offseason. Didn't get nearly enough play. Um, again, you, you draft and develop. All those guys you named are homegrown. You draft, develop, and then keep them right if you draft and develop well but you trade the guys away it doesn't do you any good all those guys they they brought up homegrown uh they were able to uh, sign Altuve to an extension and and keep uh keep a lot of these guys in their lineup for five six seven years and uh the Astros did it right they have a World Series ring to show for it and they're going to be back in the postseason this year and, and every bit a part of uh part of the uh championship conversation so last thing on the AL do you think that they're the favorites to come out the Astros and Yankees, again, once the Yankees get healthy, uh, they're going to kick it up to another level, and the Astros are really the only team in the, in the league that I think can take them. All right, moving on. I would to the... still pick the Yankees, but I think the Astros will at least give them a fight. I'm picking the Yankees, too. I, I got to. You have to root for the Yankees over the Astros, anybody but Houston. <laughs> moving on to the NL East, the Braves, I like them coming out early. 
it seems like the NL East is the weak. Do you think that they're the weakest division in the NL at this point? Because I, I, I like the Braves, but I don't know outside of them who I would be willing to bet the farm on. I wouldn't say they're a weak division. I think you could say that every team in the division is flawed as much as they have star power. I don't really think there's a weak division in the National League. I think all the divisions, you have three to four teams that are good teams. Now, the Mets, the Phillies, the Nationals, and Braves are good teams. They're all just very, very flawed, uh, primarily in the bullpens, but um, also... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Each team has some has some different challenges ahead of them. Um, I don't think it's automatic the Braves win this division. They They need to, just to be frank, management has to do a better job at addressing deficiencies on this club. Uh, their bullpen's been better. It's still not good enough, and I think it's almost negligent, the fact that they have not done anything to address it, and whether that's, you know, Craig Kimbrell signing him is always kind of the, the solution people go to on social media, but even swinging a trade with the Giants, who are going to be in cell mode and have a lot of relievers to go uh, to, to shop through. I mean, this is a really talented position player group the Braves have. This is a very, very deep group of starting pitchers, both young and old, the Braves have. If they let a bullpen that could have been easily addressed blow it for them, I'm sorry, that's just that's inexcusable on the part of ownership and management, and uh, they need to do something about it because it's it's if they don't, they're going to blow their chances. Do you think that this is a team that is going to kind of show their hand in August when you you need your relief pitching when relief pitching is the most important? I think in that late late summer going into the fall do you think that's when they kind of show it because right now i think they look okay uh-huh they kind of showed it already i mean they okay. blew a couple of games early that you know those three four five games are going to make a difference at the end of the year especially with some of the other teams in the division struggling a little bit out of the gate um they've they're already costing themselves wins and that's going to hurt their playoff seeding that's going to hurt their ability to you know hold off contenders down the stretch um Again, I think they need to address this sooner rather than later. It's only going to compound. Uh, you're right. It will become more and more visible once again to August, September, and especially October, as we saw last year to a degree with their uh, playoff series against the Dodgers. If they can make a fix now, it's only going to it's only going to help them for the long run, and I would like to see them do that. What's the old adage? You can't win the pennant in April, but you can lose it? Yeah, and again, the Braves are in a good spot in, in the sense that the rest of the division has also been flawed. They, they've won some games because, again, they have that really, really talented position player core and, uh, and some starting pitching depth to, to really, you know, survive some, some things. But uh, I think Braves fans will be the first to tell you, watching, you know, all that go to waste because, you know, guys coming out of the pen can't throw strikes or they're walking hitters, you know, in the, walking in the tying run. Um, that deflates a team, that deflates a franchise, and that deflates uh, playoff hopes and, Again, Braves, the Braves have the financial flexibility to make some additions. They have the prospect pieces to make some trades, and they need to do something that they sit on their hands. Again, it's a strong word, but it's the right word. It would be negligent. So let's move on to the Nationals. They lose, I'm going to say, one of the five most recognizable faces in baseball. They lose Bryce Harper. They've kind of fallen back in the standings a little bit. Matt Scherzer is still there for a couple more years, and 
you know, I think that he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. You can argue with me on that if you want, but I, I think that he's one of the top two or three pitchers in baseball. Max Scherzer? Oh, yeah. I think you have to argue he is. He, okay. He, you can make the argument he is the single best pitcher in baseball and has been the last three years if you look at what he's done. Absolutely. I get a lot of pushback on that because I've said that Scherzer is my favorite pitcher, but I've heard Kershaw get thrown out there, Verlander, Garrett Cole, all of those names uh, come up when I say best pitcher in baseball. I mean, right now it's Scherzer and Verlander. Um, Kershaw's great, but obviously the, the back issues and he's declined a little bit. I mean, Scherzer's been on another level for. You know, if you take the last three years in whole, it's it, he's the pick again. Kershaw's the best pitcher in baseball this decade, but uh, if you want to take the last two or three years, yeah, it's, it's Scherzer and with Verlander right there. Those are the two guys, and you can throw Kluber in there if you want as well. All right, are we worried that he's going to waste his prime in DC? You wouldn't call it a waste when you're in the playoff hunt every year. Um, you know, again, he got to World Series with the Tigers. It's not like this is some young guy who, you know, is going to spend 10 years languishing in third place. I mean, he's had playoff experience. He's been to the postseason. He's been the part of competitive teams. Um, you know, again, the Nationals also, they, the Nationals at least tried to address their bullpen. The Braves just kind of sat there and let nothing <laughs> happen. The Nationals brought guys in. They, they've, they've, they've acquired Kyle Barraclaw. They, they've, at least put in the effort. Now it hasn't worked out, and they do need to make some fixes. Uh, there's also a bit of a lack of homegrown arms that you know could potentially hurt their ability to, to supplement. You know, if any rotation injuries hit, um, or just plug plug some of those guys into the bullpen. But um, no, I, I wouldn't call anything about Max Scherzer's tenure a waste. It's just the Nationals have come up short a few times, and, and that happens. So I should dry my eyes. I shouldn't. No tears should be shed for Max Scherzer. I mean, obviously, it would be great to see him pitching, you know, in a World Series. I mean, I think anytime you have a pitcher that caliber, you want to see him, uh, you know, have that moment and, uh, you know, Game Seven chance to clinch, like you know, Madison Bumgarner had with the Giants. But uh, again, he's had a great career. He's had a lot of postseason appearances. So he's not the guy. I think in the game, you feel the status for in terms of lack of opportunity. So the Phillies, they get Bryce Harper. I think they add a couple more pieces. Correct me if I'm wrong. Do we like the Phillies coming out of the NL East? Do do you have a favorite now? I know it's still early. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, I thought the Nationals and Braves would be the two teams. Um, I'm, you know, both of them are flawed, but I, I feel okay sticking with that for now. Um, the Phillies, the concern was just going to be some of the back of the rotation and also seeing um, some of the managerial decisions improved. Um Again, it's early. The Phillies are a talented team. I think the early results are, yes, managerially things have, have been better this year, um, but they're also a team that, you know, struggling a little bit. Um, Bryce Harper is, is, is not hitting like he should. Again, this is a talented team. Getting Gene Secure back was huge. It's one of the most underrated players in baseball and has been for years. Um, but they'll be a good team. Again, I, I, I wouldn't jump off my Nationals and Braves predictions yet, but I do expect the Phillies to be in the mix. They're not going to be under 500 for for the for the remainder of the year or anything. So I want to take you in my way back time machine to go to the NL Central and talk about the Cubs. So they win the title in 2016, and that's another team that I thought was going to be the team of the decade. I thought for sure the Cubs were going to go back and back and back and back. But I'm starting to see the wheels fall off a little bit with this team. Am I crazy? No, I mean, again, this is a team that has struggled to develop homegrown pitching, and that's where after the 2016 season you said, okay, what's the way the Cubs don't, you know, don't have maybe the run of success that some people would expect? Now, again, they got back to the NLCS in 2017 and back to the playoffs in 2018. It's not like they've fallen apart here. Um, 
But that that was how was that they wouldn't be able to bring up enough arms and then have to spend money on veteran guys who might not actually be that good anymore. You know, see Tyler Chatwood and Darvish, and that's how things can can kind of take a tumble a little bit. Um, but again, this this team is is too talented to not be in the postseason. Even when they got off to that really rough start this year, it was not hard to see that there was going to be bounce back potential in there. Um, again, they, they need to improve their homegrown pitching development, um, but this is still a playoff team. I picked them to win the division before the year, and I stand by that. Brewers and Cardinals, I think, are the two teams that are right on their heels. Paul Goldschmidt goes to the Cardinals, and I thought, again, one of the best hitters in baseball. What impact do you see him having on the Cardinals as the season goes on? Uh, he has a chance to, uh, you know, at the very least, be an MVP consideration as he is pretty much every year. Uh, this is one of the 10 best players in baseball over this decade, and people, I don't think, appreciate that. Uh, 10 best, best position players, at least. So he, he's a superstar, bona fide superstar, franchise caliber player, and having him in the middle of that lineup and at first base defensively is, is only going to make the Cardinals better. Um, I mentioned before the year I picked the Cubs to win the division. I actually picked the Cardinals to go to the World Series, though. Uh, I like the pitching depth they have, homegrown. I like uh, some of the balance they have throughout the lineup and, and the depth they have position player-wise. And I think once we get into October, the strength of that staff and the depth of that staff will, will help them. So, again, I think the Cubs are going to win the division. I did pick the Cardinals to get to the World Series. And to me, those are, those are two teams, you know, if not the top in the NL, they're two of the top three. All right, last division, NL West. Talk to me a little bit about this Padres prospect. I don't want to murder his name. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Can can you talk to me a little Fernando bit about Tatis? him? Tatis. Yes. Yeah, Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, I mean he was he was the son of the, the longtime third baseman who uh, you know famously had two grand slams for the Cardinals back in uh, the late nineties. Had two grand slams in one inning, I should say, for the Cardinals in the late nineties and. He's a stud, number two prospect in baseball coming into the year. He play, you know, ridiculous shortstop. He can win some games for you with his legs. He's got big power. Um, his bats continue to grow and develop. I mean, this is a franchise-caliber player and, and franchise-caliber human being at age 20. Um, he's, he's on the injured list right now. But, you know, the Padres uh, internally, you know, I've, I've talked to their front office a lot over the years. I used to cover the team as a beat writer, and I – uh, handle the team's farm system coverage here for Baseball America. I remember one of their executives telling me, you know, we need this guy to be good. This is this is our crown jewel, and he is good, and, and he's the type of guy the Padres can continue to build around for the next, you know, five years at least, and then hopefully ten and ten years or longer. When do you expect him to come off the IR? Uh, the injury list. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's a hamstring injury. You kind of have to play those things by ear. Um, you know, to see how he feels. But, there's there was no like care or anything crazy that happened just hamstring injury and play it day by day you know maybe it's in a couple days maybe it's a week if the Padres chose to play it safe and you know keep him out a little longer just to make sure he really really heals I mean that's justifiable too I but he'll, he'll be back you know we're not talking months we're talking a matter of maybe it's days maybe it's weeks okay is he still your NL rookie of the year favorite yeah he's who we picked at Baseball America um I think you have to stick with that he's certainly done nothing wrong uh to, to make us feel like that was a, a bad pick um his teammate chris paddock in the rotation is going to be in contention for that p alonzo with the mets is going to be in consideration for that and you know there might be someone else who comes up later this year that that goes gangbusters um but he's he was our pick before the year and uh, nothing has happened to make us feel like we should jump off that pick so the san francisco giants 
they were the team of I think of the last later half of last decade. It seems like their rebuild. We were talking about tearing down the studs. I don't think that they're doing that, but they do feel like a team that's going to sell at the trade deadline. Who who should we see move, or do we expect anybody to move from the Giants? Oh, everyone's going to move. And by the way, it wasn't last <laughs> decade. It was this decade, 2010, 2012, 2014. I mean, oh, it was man. this decade. The Giants were, were dominant, won three World Series in five years. It doesn't feel um, like so long ago. It does. And they were in the playoffs in 2016, too. So, again, it wasn't that long ago this was a competitive team. But, um, you know, the guys who made that World Series team, they, they got older. They kind of aged out. And it's where they are. Uh, again, I think if I told any Giants fan at the start of the decade, hey, you're going to win three World Series in five years, but – that five to ten years after that are going to be pretty lean. They would take that trade. So um, that's just kind of where they are. And, and, yeah, I mean, everyone's for sale. They have a, a good group of relievers, Sam Dyson, Will Smith, um, you know, Tony Watson. You could even go guys like Mark Melanson, although he's owed a lot of money, Nick Vincent. Uh, I mean, they've got relievers for sale. And, you know, we talk about the Braves, talk about the Nationals. The Brewers' bullpen has not been great this year. The Twins could use bullpen help. All these teams are going to be able to, to make some calls to the Giants and, and get whatever kind of reliever they want. Madison Bumgarner is obviously the, the big piece, um, or whether the Giants would trade him or not, and whether they'd get back something they feel like was worth trading him. You know, it's hard to say, um, but that's, 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 the bi- that's the big name, and, and that would be the guy that would kind of be the, the, the signal that the Giants' you know, championship era is, is really over. Uh, I don't think they would trade Buster Posey. Um, but you never know. I want to see Bumgarner go to another team that can compete for a title because, again, I don't know how you guys feel over there, but I know in the group that I run with, we've all said that Bumgarner might be the best postseason pitcher ever. Like, the guy is incredible. I need to see him in the playoffs again. There's certainly an argument for it. (laughs) Everything he's done in his career from when he came up as as a baby in 2010 and, and pitching the way he did to that ridiculous, you know, heroic performance in uh, mm-hmm. 2014, there's an argument for it. And, yeah, I, again, it would be good for baseball to have that guy in the playoffs, whether that's, you know, in Yankee pinstripes. I think that's that's where a lot of people would want to see him. Um, or if, you know, he ends up somewhere else, I think there's no doubt he would make an impact for whatever team acquires him. And, you know, especially we've seen the last two years, um, you know, Cole Hamill last year cost, uh, an up-and-down pitcher and a, and a virtual non-prospect, and Eddie Butler and Raleigh Lacey. I mean, if any team can acquire Madison Bumgarner for the same deal, they should do it, not think twice. Exactly. Colorado Rockies, what do we expect from them this season? They'll bounce back a little bit. Again, they're 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 off to a bit of a slow start, but um, a lot of their guys, Nolan Arenado, got off to a slow start. Turf Store got off to a slow start. Kyle Freeland got hurt and, and hasn't quite been right since he got back, but all these guys are going to round into form. You know, people tend to forget about the Rockies, but they're the ones that have made back-to-back postseason appearances. They're the one that's got a really good young starting rotation, uh, a franchise left side of the infield with Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado. Um, they've got some good young players. You know, obviously the Padres are, are exciting. The Dodgers are the team to beat in the National League, uh, not just the National League West. Um, the Padres are young and exciting. The Diamondbacks are off to a fast start, but... Um, I, I think the Rockies should find themselves again in the thick of contention for, for a wild card here. The talent is there. It's just been a bit of a slow start. You mentioned the Dodgers. They've gone to two World Series back-to-back. I would love to see this team go to the World Series again for three because I think I think that the revenge tour kind of thing, I think that that would be interesting because they lost in seven to the Astros, and then last year's Red Sox were just historically great. Like I don't think anybody was going to beat them. 
this year, like you mentioned, the AL is a little bit weaker. I think this would be a really good redemption story for the Dodgers. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's no question. They're, they're talented enough, they're deep enough to make another run, and I, I don't think anyone should be surprised if they run the table in the National League again and find themselves back in the World Series. Um, you know, the teams they would potentially face, you know, whether that's the Cubs or Cardinals in the NLCS, they're also talented. It's not going to be easy. And then whether they face the Astros or the Yankees in the World Series are, are the two outcomes I would expect. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a tough road. The Dodgers are a really really good team. They can swing it with anyone. They have depth to survive anyone. A lot of it is going to depend on the health of their starting rotation and, and if their bullpen improves. Those are two issues that have affected him the last two postseasons. And if they can you know have those be a little bit better this time around, that'll make a difference in their ability to to finally win a World Series or not. All right, last thing before I let you go, Kyle. What do we expect in the next month? Give us me one bold prediction for the next month of baseball. The Yankees will really take off as as these players start to get healthy and come back. We're going to see the Yankees go on a big run. I'm, I'm talking something like you know, a 23 and eight, like something where they're just ready. They they just take it to the league and, and overtake the Rays for first base for first place, I should say, in the American League East. He's Kyle Glazer, writer for Baseball America. Kyle, we're going to have to have you on again, man. Yeah, anytime. My pleasure. And thank you again for Kyle for jumping on the podcast. We're getting a nice little repertoire of Kyle's coming on the podcast. I like it. All right. I'm going to give you a little bit of NBA talk, and then I'll send you out here. So, first off, the Boston Celtics, ever since Paul Pierce said that they were going to win the series, it's fallen apart. So, clearly, I'm talking Celtics-Bucks here. They've fallen completely apart. I blame all of this 110% on Paul Pierce, but it's unfair to blame one person that much. Let's put the blame on somebody else, too. I'm watching the game and watching it with the buddies, right, watching it with the fellas. And I've said this before, and, you know, I got on Twitter, and a lot of other Celtics fans were kind of saying the same thing, so I don't feel so, so bad about saying this, but at the same time, I kind of feel a little bit guilty to throw this guy under the bus. Kyrie Irving, man, it's been a rocky roller coaster, to say the least, and if anybody can come back from 3-1 down, it's Kyrie Irving. He's done it before, he did in the finals, Okay. So he's not not un he's used to being in this type of situation before. I don't love it. I'm not a big fan of them being down 3-1. Milwaukee was the better team. Boston, or Boston has struggled the entire season with chemistry issues, struggled the entire season with kind of an identity. Brendan Snow came on the podcast to talk NBA playoffs with us and he reminded me that he picked Boston to lose the series in five. He said Milwaukee was going to win. So congratulations to Brendan because it's looking more and more like that is what's going to happen. Going on to another game, another series, because to me, these are the two conference championships. The other series is Golden State and Houston. Golden State ruined their chances to win that series last night, and now I think it's going to go to seven games because I don't want to sum it up all in one play. But the Kevin Durant three to end the game, spot up, he had it. He had a good look at the basket. There was no reason for him to miss it. He's made the shot a thousand times, made harder shots before to win games, to tie games. I felt like that was an omen. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not as confident in Golden State as I should be. You can go back and listen to Zach and I swoon over them on last podcast. Kind of broke it down, said like what we expected. 
I'm kind of disappointed in both those teams. Both disappointed the Celtics, disappointed in Golden State. So, other thing. We got the Sweet 69 podcast series coming out in June, of course. I'm going to continue to pitch this this entire week all the way up to it. We're going to continue to tell you about it. we got 14 more writers left, which means that we're doing a very good job of getting these guys. We're going to have a bunch of very big-name people, people that if you're a fan of the team, you know who they are, and they're going to shoot you straight. I'm going to make 100% sure of it. You like these interviews, you like these podcasts, continue to like, share, and subscribe, continue to send it to your friends. You can listen anywhere. You're either listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the iTunes radio app, or the, the iHeartRadio app. It's This is the greatest podcast ever. We're going to continue to build on it. you got to continue to help us, though. Continue to send it to your friends, your family. You don't want to miss a single second of this podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.